it's always a good day at CSIS when we can talk about the Arctic. So we're going to have a good day today. I will say I, we've been having fewer of those good days because we haven't been talking about the Arctic as much as I would like. I think there was a natural decline in discussing the Arctic when the baton was passed and when the U.S. chairmanship of the Arctic Council ended. In some ways, uh, I think uh, the Arctic got lost in transition from that transition to the Finnish chairmanship. But very gratefully, we are going to correct that deficiency today. We're not going to be lost in transition because we are absolutely delighted to have Foreign Minister Timo Soini, Foreign Minister of Finland, to help us understand uh, Finland's priorities for the Arctic Council chairmanship, but also to get a perspective from the region. There's so many changes going on right now. Last week, uh, uh, the Chinese government released a white paper on the Arctic. We have lots of focus on science and thinking about, uh, as many call, this new Arctic emerging. So let me just briefly introduce uh, Minister Soini and let's get him up here to help us understand uh, Finland's approach to the Arctic Council and to the Arctic. Um, uh, Minister Soini uh, is always so generous to CSIS when he's in Washington. We, we frequently ask him to join us to help us understand a, a, an increasingly complex neighborhood. Minister of Foreign Affairs since May of 2015. Minister Soini has led a distinguished political career uh, in Finland, serving in the Finnish parliament since 2003. He has, uh, when I first met him, served as chairman of the Foreign Affairs Committee in the Finnish parliament. He has uh, been a member of the European parliament and served as deputy prime minister from 2015 to 2017. Um, he was a founding member of the Finns party, but now serves as a member of parliament of the Blue Reform parliament group and uh, uh, we are just simply delighted that Minister Soini could come here and help us get back to our Arctic where we need to be, spend a little more time and help us understand Finnish priorities. With your applause, please welcome Minister Soini. Uh, thank you Heather for your kind words and uh, good morning everybody. It's, it's nice to be here again and I wish to thank you for your opportunity uh, to address Arctic issues here at the center of the strategic and international studies. Finland has a long-standing uh, relationship with the CSIS and it is real pleasure and honor to speak here for the second time uh, about the Arctic. This time Finland has a special role since we are chairing the Arctic Council from 2017 to 2019. The US period at the helm of the Council was very productive and Finland is happy to continue many of the initiatives and programs started by the United States. Ladies and gentlemen, each Arctic state is responsible for the chairmanship of the Council for two years in a fixed order. Finland was the chair in 2000 and 2002, and now we are chairing it for the second time. I will attempt to make a comparison between these two periods. This time, the task is quite different from our previous chairmanship 
16 years ago. There are many positive developments. The Arctic Council has greatly expanded its activities. It has secured a strong position in producing scientific reports and assessments and making recommendations to decision makers. It has negotiated three international agreements on search and rescue, on the prevention of oil spills, and most recently on scientific cooperation. The Arctic Council has created a wide network of experts in scientific, environmental, maritime, social and economic issues, and in the Arctic countries, which extends beyond the Arctic region. The Council has invited a large number of observers, both states and organizations, which participate in many of its activities. Now, there are new organizations specialized in certain areas of cooperation, such as Arctic Economic Council, the Arctic Coast Guard Forum, with, with which the Arctic Council closely cooperates. But there are also challenges which are more pronounced now than they were at the beginning of the millennium. One is generally negative trend in international relations. The international situation has been tense for some years. The post-Cold War international order is being openly questioned. And also some of the fundaments of the post-Second World War order may be shaky, uh, maybe on shaky grounds. There was a moment about four years ago after the illegal annexation of Crimea and the conflict breaking in eastern Ukraine when the normal continuation of the Arctic cooperation was also in doubt. Still, an Arctic countries concluded that they have uh, so many common interests that they must pursue them together. The United States, as the chair of the Arctic Council, had an important role in keeping Arctic cooperation on course. What could we could say that the cool heads prevailed? Finland's experience of the first half year of our chairmanship is that all member states want to continue constructive cooperation. In the troubled waters of interstate relations, it seems that this is a boat that the Arctic states don't want to rock. As a chair, Finland will do its utmost to keep it that way. Ladies and gentlemen, it is obvious that all Arctic states taking to take into con consideration that they have a formidable common concerns to address. The most important of them is climate change, which we have a fundamental impact on the Arctic, its nature and its inhabitants. The melting of the ice in the Arctic Ocean may open up new transport routes and make Arctic resources more accessible, but the responsible use of these new opportunities is in everybody's interest. It would be safe to develop common rules in time for economic activities in the Arctic 
and apply the precautionary principle when in doubt. When preparing for the Arctic Council chairmanship, Finland made an effort to address these concerns. We consulted on the other st Arctic states and uh, the permanent participants representing indigenous peoples in the Arctic. All agreed that Arctic cooperation should concentrate on goals that will make a difference also in a longer perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, to underline the need of the joint effort, Finland chose the motto exploring common solutions for our chairmanship program. We identified two frameworks that should be taken in account in all Arctic Council activities. There are climate change and the sustainable development goals adopted by the United Nations in 2015. We proposed four priority areas of Arctic cooperation that deserve particular attention. They are environmental protection, connectivity, meteorological cooperation and education. Activities on these priority areas are well underway in the Arctic Council and its working groups. I would like to highlight some of the goals that we are pursuing. On environmental protection, we want to curb the emissions of black carbon by fulfilling the emission targets set by the Arctic countries last year, by encouraging also observer states to participate, by encouraging the modernization of outdated energy production facilities, and by looking at the ways to reduce the emissions caused by maritime transport. Biodiversity also in the Arctic is seriously threatened. We will convene an Arctic Biodiversity Congress to address this issue. We will also invite the environment ministers of the Arctic Councils, our Arctic countries, to look for solutions to biodiversity and pollution prevention later this year. We all agree that the development of the Arctic will go hand in hand with imp improved connectivity. Connectivity is an area where innovations are made at the speed of light. Some years ago, we used to think that the Arctic cooperation is complicated, but it is not a rocket science. Now we are not sure anymore. <laughs> the first ever small radar satellite made in Finland was launched just a few weeks ago. Space technology in general will soon have a major role in providing connectivity in remote Arctic places. Finland will pursue the work started by the United States on telecommunications and work closely with the Arctic Economic Council to ensure the full involvement of the private sector. Providing digital services is essential for the well-being of the people and for creating commercially viable enterprises. 
As Arctic waters and land areas become more accessible, there will be a growing need for meteorological research, observation and reliable weather services. Also maritime transport will depend on interrupted meteorological information. In March 2018, the Arctic Council will discuss how meteorological knowledge could be best utilized in its work. Joining forces with us, the World Meteorological Organization will organize an Arctic Meteorological Week in the same place at the same in Finnish Lapland. Here I see a chance of real breakthrough in cooperation, which is not only useful, but absolutely necessary. Good basic education is the key to learning trades, entering higher education and having a chance in the job market. With the University of the Arctic network of teachers and educators, we want to improve the possibilities of all Arctic children to receive a good education. They don't necessarily need to go to school to a physical school building because we have a digital, digital ways of providing learning materials even for nomadic children. We have already started some interesting projects and the U-Arctic will convene a congress in Finland later this year to address these issues which are sustainable development at its best. Ladies and gentlemen, I will briefly mention two events which will take place in the coming weeks. This February, Finland will organize a conference in Helsinki to support the harmonized implementation of the Polar Code, placing stricter requirements for vessels navigating in the Arctic and Antarctic waters. The International Maritime Organization, IMO, will participate. In March, we will organize a search and rescue exercise in the Gulf of Bodnia, located between Finland and Sweden, to support the implementation of the SAR agreement. I am pleased that the Arctic Coast Guard Forum will meet in the same place and be involved in the exercise. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to mention two recent achievements outside of the framework of the Arctic Council. The negotiations of an agreement to prevent unregulated commercial fishing in the Central Arctic Ocean were successfully concluded two months ago. Fishing will not be allowed before sufficient scientific evidence exists to support the sustainable exploitation of fish stocks. This is an important step in the stewardship of the Arctic Ocean. The United States initiated the negotiations and set an example to follow. Another significant development concerns the Bering Strait, which is the gateway between East Asia, North America and the Arctic. The United States and the Russian Federation recently 
made a joint proposal to the IMO on the establishment of the two-way routes and precautionary areas in the Bering Sea and the Bering Strait. I am happy to say these achievements confirms also Finland's experience that all Arctic countries are keen to increase their cooperation in the Arctic Council or other frameworks. This brings me to a more general observation. Finland is a firm believer in a rules-based international order. The Arctic Council is a prime example of an intergovernmental forum where we all can achieve good outcomes and strengthen cooperation. And what is more, indigenous peoples, organizations participate in all meetings and activities as permanent participants. Dear ladies and gentlemen, Finland takes Arctic issues seriously also outside the work of the Arctic Council. One proof of that is icebreaking in which the Finns are global leaders. Finland is the only nation that offers products and services for entire icebreaking value chain. All our ports can freeze in the winter. Therefore, we have always need to build icebreakers. Actually, Finnish winter navigation turned already 140 years last year. We have developed the latest technology. Our high quality and modern innovations are used worthwhile. For example, the first environmentally friendly NHA-powered heavy polar icebreaker Polaris was built in Finland. It took only less than two years to build the vessel. We can thus share our expertise and offer possibilities also to US how to build top-quality polar icebreakers cost-efficiently and with significant time savings. In the meantime, to avoiding icebreaking capacity cap, Finland can also offer some icebreakers for rent. We believe in international cooperation also in this regard, because cooperation is always beneficial to all parties. Finland is very grateful for the long-standing and valuable marine cooperation with the US, which goes all the way back to the 1930s. Finland has relied, relied on the American maritime know-how and utilized it to develop our own expertise. And as you know, now we are more than ready to deepen our cooperation even further. Also, more generally speaking, bilateral relations of Finland and the US are excellent. Further deepening our relations with the United States is a government priority for Finland and also my priority as a foreign minister. Arctic issues and notably the reduction of black carbon emissions have been discussed at the highest level between President Trump and the President Niinistö in August. Finally, let me conclude by stressing how much I enjoy visiting United States. This is already my fourth visit to Washington, D.C., 
since President Trump took office, you will surely see me here again. Thank you very much. Please, Minister Sarkis. Okay, thank, thank you. you so much. Um, uh, uh, now, about those rates for the icebreaker, um, <laughs> I have to say, I forgot to congratulate uh, you and Finland in last year's celebration of 100 years of independence for Finland. I was hoping that maybe as a celebratory token, you know, you could maybe uh, loan us an icebreaker until we build our heavy icebreaker in 2023. <laughs> Um, thank you. That was a terrific uh, tour de force. It's sort of hard to know where to begin, but uh, to structure sort of our, our question period, let's start with the geopolitics of the, mm -hmm. of the region, yeah. and then we can hone in a little bit on specifically to the Arctic and then Arctic Council leadership. Boy, if I've been asked one question the last several weeks, it has been, what should we understand about China's mm. growing presence in the Arctic? When I was last in Helsinki, I'm not as a frequent visitor, unfortunately, to Helsinki as you are to Washington. I you need can to, improve. I need yeah. to follow your leadership. Um, but the day I was there in April was the state visit of President Xi, yeah. which was a very big uh, deal in, in Helsinki it and for was. your government. Uh, he was on, uh, President Xi was on his way then to the Mar Largo summit, so you were the uh, precursor to that. Help us understand China's role in the Arctic Council for you bilaterally. Mm. And we've been hearing a lot about the connectivity, the undersea cable dimension to it. We would welcome your perspective mm. on China's role in the Arctic. Yeah, yeah thank you, Hera. It's, uh, China is active all over the globe, and, and that was very interesting that they produced a white paper, and it may be even called some kind of strategy because uh, China is uh, the observative, uh, observer member of the Arctic Council and uh, uh, it has increased its, uh, how would I say, activity in the area quite a lot. It, it comes when uh, we met bilaterally or our, uh, our people are meeting and, and China is a country who works really long term and uh, even though they are not members uh, of the Arctic uh, they don't want to leave the Arctic just to the members only club and, and, and they are very uh, skillful in a way uh, to, to tell to the world that the Arctic is uh, the common heritage of the whole human mankind and, and in that way, they also, also uh, how do I say, certifies in a way their interest. And, and they, they know that people are very worried about global warming and, and some of the islands may be even sinking in the seas. And they say that whatever happens in the Arctic, it has a huge impact to the, all the countries in the world, including China, and they are right in that way. And that is just, uh, in, a, in a way, they want to come uh, to, to the Arctic uh, waters. And then, of course, if uh, the new uh, routes will emerge, it's, it's economically very big thing, because if, if the traffic would, would uh, even partially started to go that way 
uh, and, and, and the cables and, 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 uh, and, and commercial channels, they want to be at present. And, and China invests uh, a lot uh, also to the Nordic countries and, and to the infrastructure and, and bioenergy. And, and they connect this all uh, in the longer term strategy, I, I would s uh, like to say. And uh, uh, China also understands that uh, even though they are not members, uh, they, they will be one of the big uh, uh, countries who benefit mostly of if these new routes emerge. And that is why they, they want to be active. And of course, when U.S. And, and Russia are the members and are in the, in the very uh, good spots to, to, to uh, uh, influence on the Arctic, they want to jump in the same bandwagon because they are not institutionally there. So they try to, to find a way to, to, to come aboard because if you are not present in the Arctic, in the becoming few decades, uh, you will lose uh, also, also your st strategic importance because these areas with uh, the uh, access to the new resources uh, and, 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 uh, and uh, fish stocks and everything like that will be big. And they, they are very, uh, uh, how would I, skillful in that. You, you can, of course, think about uh, China, that uh, where they have ice, maybe in the whiskey glass, but, but not much more else. But they, they, they really understand that where, where, they, the, where the future, in a way, lies. Because we have been thinking that the, the wilderness and, and, and the Arctic, uh, they are something which is not util uh, cannot be utilized. But these can. And, and, and maybe they have also interest uh, to, to influence on what kind of decisions Arctic countries and international community as large is, is, is going to go forward with. One area where China's economic footprint is already quite visible is in the Russian Arctic at the Yamal yeah. uh, LNG project, where just in December the first LNG shipment came from that. Uh, China has almost 30% investment uh, in that, which sort of leads us to where Russia is right now. And I yeah. appreciated your comments that absolutely, within the Arctic Council, we've really had very good cooperation, even during some very turbulent moments, yeah. the 2014 annexation of Crimea, and it was bumpy, and, and the, yeah. the Arctic Council did uh, ride that through. But I, I have to say, it, sometimes I feel like I have a split personality when I talk about Russia the, in, within the Arctic Council. We're talking about collaboration. Just a few days ago, we released a new report on enhanced deterrence in the north, where we're putting a, yeah. a third NATO command in the North Atlantic. Finland's just opened a new hybrid warfare center. Yeah. And we're sort of, okay, which is it? Is it the peace and cooperation that we see in the Arctic Council? Mm. Or around us, we see a, a more aggressive posture, which NATO mm. members and Finland and Sweden are beefing up their defenses. Finland's spending really dr dramatically increasing defense spending to mm. to. Uh, so how do you how do you square that yeah. bilaterally as well as within the Arctic Council framework? That's a very essential uh, 
question in the big picture. We Finns, we always, uh, of course, take uh, Russia in notice. It's obviously, uh, obviously our uh, big neighbor. But our, our, you must be uh, logical, and uh, it's uh, about deterrence and dialogue. We, for example. There is no denial on that, that uh, something changed very, very profoundly uh, with the illegal annexation of Crimea and, and the uh, situation in Eastern Euro Ukraine. This is not as a business of usual and it has caused uh, uh, tension also to the Baltic Sea. It has increased tension and, and, uh, internationally, but still the dialogue is, is very important. We have posed on sanctions as U.S. and European Union countries together, as also some of the countries which are not members of the European Union, like Iceland, Norway, and Japan, and so forth. And, and this really tells uh, Russia that what, uh, what we think about that kind of international aggression, which cannot be tolerated or accepted. But the same token, we have a big interest in the Arctic Sea, and I'm really an Arctic area. I'm really pleased that this practical cooperation hasn't been affected uh, because of this, uh, this uh, Russian actions, which we all uh, condemn. And, and we were, of course, uh, worried about what should be happening, because the fact is that we need both your guys on board, both U.S. And, and Russia together, because uh, we, we Nordic countries, we rarely rock the boat because we are, we are our neighbors, big, uh, small countries in there. But if we want to have concrete results which have meaning also globally, we must have all, all eight on, on board. And, and luckily so, this has been the case. But we know also that uh, the Arctic uh, waters and Arctic nature and area is huge, that also it is militarily uh, interesting. And, and of course, our aim and, uh, and uh, intention is to, to keep that out of, the, out of the picture in that sense. And my, my biggest worry is not that uh, increased tension in the Arctic itself. But if, if, if something happens in the world uh, altogether, that will reflect to the Arctic in a very rapid way. I don't believe that Arctic as such is, is, is the, the, the tension area. But if the relations with the big powers or nuclear powers or international crisis emerge wherever in the globe, that will affect a uh, very rapid way uh, also in there. And of course, these environmental things and so forth. I was so convinced that, uh, that uh, Russia and, and, and U.S. were uh, able to, to, to make a deal, so to say, about the Bering Strait traffic and so forth. That's what we have been doing with Estonia, Russia, and Finland in the Finnish Gulf, which is very narrow. And, and the, and the, and the accident uh, with oil spills or whatever in that area would cause enormous damage. And this is something 
good we have been doing and we, we, we need to have good examples which have been working in practice to say to people that irrespective of these tensions, for example, which are, which are clear in Ukraine and also in some other parts, uh, if they would ruin also the development in the Arctic, we would be, how would I say, we, we wouldn't have delivered. And, and that is uh, now with all parts has, uh, has worked together and uh, we have Ambassador Alexi Harkonnen here with, with the lunchtime and maybe later also with the practical detailed cooperation uh, is also important in the working groups, in the subgroups that it goes on and people are represented when their meetings are, everybody is coming to the meetings and working in there. Then there is this big picture. Absolutely, Both. absolutely. And I thank you for mentioning the, the vessel traffic management scheme uh, between the United States and Russia for the Bering Strait. It's something that is, is absolutely is something to be, uh, to be applauded. Let me turn to the U.S. now. Um, you know, when, when Finland announced its Arctic Council priorities, I have to say I winced because you made uh, one of the key pillars of your chairmanship, the Paris Agreement, and of course mm. the Trump administration. Uh, views on the Paris Agreement are exactly the opposite of what the Obama administrations were. How yeah. does that affect the day-to-day? -day? I mean, you know, the challenge is you had Secretary Tillerson. He attended the, obviously, yeah. we ended our chairmanship, the, Fairfax, uh, the yeah. Fairbanks Ministerial, signed on to the documents, yeah. all the work that had been done under the Obama administration, still showing up at the working groups. How, how does that work in practice when your stated goal is something that's against the stated policy of the Trump administration? Yeah. That was very good, that uh, Fairbanks uh, uh, meeting. Of course, uh, I also want to applaud and praise all the civil servants who worked their socks off in there to get the result, because it wasn't uh, right. in the cards, for example, 24 hours before it w would have been delivered. And wow. it was done, and, and Mr. Diller Tillerson showed personal leadership uh, uh, and, and, and said that that is, that is done, and that's... Uh, that is good, but uh, I'm a politician and I have been in the marketplaces and all kind of places trying to, to tell the people uh, uh, what to vote, how to vote and what, uh, what can come out of it. Sometimes it is that, for example, some words and some, how would I say, impressions are uh, untouchable. For example, Paris climate change can be that kind of an emblem, but you can still about uh, to talk about the same issues if you don't t tell anybody that um, the, the rise of temperature, melting of the ice, uh, rise of the frost, That's and this kind that yeah, but without saying the those words. two magical words, and then you can say, oh yeah, this is a practical problem. This has nothing to do with the multinational. Uh, mumbo jumbo of Paris or whatever, but this is very sensible, practical, political policy, which we of course right. can work with. Fantastic. Something like that, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, there is also I I don't particularly now uh, uh, talk about United States. There is in politics there is a kind of impression of. Uh, domestic consumption. You are, when you are talking, you are talking to the two audiences, the international audience 
and then the home audience. And, and there can be that kind of variation uh, in, in, in all the matters. But I, I think environmental protection and, and, uh, and animals and, and indigenous peoples, people understand, okay, this is important, this is what I can support, but I'm, I don't want to be captivated in, in some of the structures because I did promise in the election campaign not to do so. But then, of course, I'm for, for the environmental issues in a sensible way because it all also makes a good route and good access to the national resources. If I would be a salesman to Mr. Trump, I said this would be a good business. Mm. Let's make a deal, good deal. And good deal with, will include environmental protection and indigenous peoples and so forth. Something, something, something like that. I would, I, I would at least try. Well, and I think, in fact, the, one of the pillars of, of the chairmanship, you really do have a, a, a much more a focused effort on the economics. That was certainly uh, during the Canadian chairmanship, which created the mm. Arctic Economic Council. It, it, yeah. was, it was much, much more subdued during the U.S. chairmanship. I, uh, I think, again, under the Obama administration and, and the Trump administration sort of carried that through. You're returning to a bit more focus on economics and this idea of connectivity, the yeah. broadband communication. So there was a quote in an article I just recently read. I, I really enjoyed it. You know, this, in this new Arctic, data is the new oil. So we think about that. How does data? This is the undersea uh, yeah. cape. The satellites you were talking about. How how do we see data? So I'd love you just to expand a little bit. What is the vision for the Finnish chairmanship? What would you like? Where would you like to see the Arctic Economic Council producing? Mm -hmm. It's not of the Arctic Council, but it's yeah. obviously an important component of it. Uh, help us understand uh, the priorities mm. to f to focus on job growth and development for the people who live in the Arctic. Yeah, that's also uh, uh, very important to remember that the Arctic areas they are homes for indigenous peoples. They are home for, for some peoples and also home for, for animals. And, and that is, I, I think it's important to enable those people and especially children. If, if the children are not educated, if they are not having access to schools and welfare and so forth, then there will, would not be future for the people in the Arctic area. There will be an odd, odd university guy who, who wants to go to the Arctic or some extreme sportsmen who want to run in the Arctic and so forth. But there are actually people who want to live there with a sustainable way. And when we look to the future of the mankind and, and, and the globe, there will be rivalry of uh, national resources anyway. And, and now, when we still have maybe some time to make the rules and international commitments, how uh, to use them and not just exploit them. And if, if, if there is no rule-based international cooperation on this, in due course of time, the strength and the big money will talk instead. And, and that is why I think that this economical cooperation is very important. And icebreakers are, are also a big, uh, big uh, thing uh, in doing that. Uh, we, this, is, uh, this is not uh, a paid commercial, but I say it anyway. 
60% uh, out of the world's icebreakers are manufactured in Finland and all the good ones. That is, that is what you must remember, if nothing else, about this event. That's the case. And, and we can make it, you can pay them. And, and, and that, uh, that's uh, what I call a good deal. But anyway, this, uh, this, uh, in order to have access and business, we must have icebreakers in order that other ships can go there. And what you said about data and big data, that will be also in the future in a very big thing. And also uh, within the civil society and democratic liberties, this is something which we can, we must also take notice on how, how this is used for the common good, not just how to control them, how to take information out of it and, and, uh, and, and, and security. And when we are living in the, in the bad world, there is also uh, there is also military and 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 security issues what comes with this uh, if if you can cut down the electricity of you if you can cut out uh, with the cyber operations uh, the connectivity then you can harm the societies the way you can never do with the machine gun or the thing like that and and that also means international cooperation and uh, and uh, but uh, at the same time the vulnerability of the nature is still a big thing and we we know the Achille Laura things uh, decades ago how much they can cause a damage and 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 uh, and uh, <coughs> and if the climate change goes the way it seems to be, there will be a lot of uh, movement from the developed countries to the uh, Europe and to the other countries. And, and, and that is something we must take also account if ice is melting. There will be even someday wines produced in Finland. I'm not very convinced whether we are good with wine or not, but you, you would never know. These are some kind of scenarios, uh, but, uh, but we need cooperation and rules of this cooperation. And, and I think also meteorological issues, which I mentioned in my speech, will, will be a big hit. If we looked for, if we thought, think about our day what it started each of us we we were talking uh, about weather broadcast the whether it rains whether it's a slippery that is uh, some of the big business in the future and in the arctic issues it will be in increasingly big business meteorological cooperation and 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 and, and that kind of things i'm reminded uh, there was an i think it was an indigenous um, saying that God makes weather in the Arctic, so I've always, I've always yeah. liked that, and I think that might stop. That sounds sensible. I, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm going to have one final question for you, a bonus round when we get to the very end, but I've got to bring this wonderful audience in. They're going to have some tough questions, so minister, oh get ready. Um, so if you could please raise your hand. We're going to bundle some questions. Uh, please, we have about 10 minutes, so if you could please briefly introduce yourself and stick to the question and keep that comment small. We'll start over here, and then I will move to the left, so, oops. 
Hi there, my name is Tari, I'm a university student. I actually just came back from Finland to study abroad, so it's exciting to have you here today. Um, my question's about immigration. Um, some challenges that I observed in Finland working with asylum seekers is that they are not accustomed to the darkness, the weather, or the reality that Finland is very um, ethnically homogenous. Can you please describe some of the ways that Finland's confronting its immigration challenges and what you hope to do in the future? Mm -hmm. Okay, and we'll take the one, Matt, right behind, about three rows back, please. Yes, right there. Thanks. I'm Jimmy Kolker, retired from Departments of State and Health and Human Services. Finland was a remarkably impressive leader in global health security agenda, and the Arctic Council includes a commitment to One Health, path look at zoonotic diseases and new pathogens, and maybe even get into the area of mental health and alcoholism, which are very important in that region. But you didn't mention that in your priorities, and I just wanted to be sure those are still on your agenda. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you. And then we're going to take a whole bunch of questions. We're going to start up here in the front, Matt, and then I'll just we'll work that microphone back. Uh, hi. Chris McRae, Norman McRae Foundation. I'd like to ask you a bit about the Arctic University, how one finds out more about that. I know that uh, Antonio Guterres at the UN is putting a lot of effort into sort of livelihood universities. And so getting the right partners around cooperation around the issues you talked about would be really interesting. And at what stage you're looking for partners with mm -hmm. the Arctic University? Thank yeah. you. And so, uh, Matt to Rafe right there. Thank you. Hold on, let's get that microphone. My name is Rafe Pomerantz. I'm a chair of a network called Arctic 21. Uh, we focus on what we call the unraveling of the Arctic and its future state. Uh, my question is, just at the time the U.S. chairmanship ended and Finland took over, the Arctic Council issued a massive assessment of the state of the Arctic called SWIPA, Snow, Water, Ice, and Permafrost in the Arctic. And not only was it an assessment of the current condition, but it kind of looked ahead. Uh, and it's, the question now is what the follow-up to this important report will be. In part, it could, it's in Finland's hand, in the chairmanship's hands. And the question that is derived from this is governments, as you mentioned, have to look at scenarios of the future state of the Arctic as the planet warms in order to have any clue about resilience, because the, right now, things are just warming faster and faster. So, right. question is, can you use the ministry, the minister's meeting on the environment to examine this big picture question? What is the future state of the Arctic? Mm -hmm. Thank you, Rafe. And we're just going to keep going back one there, one there, and maybe the third at the end. Thank you. Morten Testum, Center for Transatlantic Relations. Uh, my question is on the icebreakers. Considering that uh, the Coast Guard and Navy has the Buy American Clause and so on, do you think that there is a realistic uh, possibility that uh, Finland can produce at least parts of the icebreakers for the U.S., or do you think that there are too many barriers in this endeavor? Thank you. Okay, I think we can take two more before the Foreign Minister's brain explodes. Uh, Mr. Foreign Minister. Of questions. <laughs> There's a lot. Um, thank you for coming once again. I just had a... Um, very quick question. It's a domestic-focused question. So I was wondering why are uh, why aren't you running for the chair of the Finns party again? Okay. You're still young, so I, I believe there's still time. <laughs> but you know, just want to bring okay. that up. You're Thank you very much. Domestic <laughs> questions, and there's one last one in the back, Matt, right there. Thank you. And then we'll pause and let you take a breath and yeah, yeah. try to answer some of yeah, those. Yeah, I try. <laughs> one more. I know. Tough stuff. Here you go. Thank you. Uh, my name is Heinz Gertner. I'm 
currently it's uh, size. So you didn't uh, mention non-alignment or neutrality for that matter. Uh, does Finland's status of non-alignment help to facilitate cooperation uh, in the Arctic? Thank you. Okay, and I'm going to add my bonus round question. So when you are chairing the final ministerial to the Arctic Council chairman, before you pass the baton to Iceland, mm -hmm. what is success? What will you believe success is in 29, May 2019 at the end of your chairmanship? Such easy questions. We went from domestic to yeah. Arctic back again. So over yeah. to you. We'll let you wrap this thank up. You. Thank you, Heather. I try to uh, say s something about uh, issues and uh, please forgive me if I have forgot something then you can intervene. This in, uh, immigration thing of course uh, uh, when people are coming from, uh, from uh, uh, the countries which hasn't got the, so clearly the four seasons we have it's, it's big but you can believe me I live in Esport just next to Helsinki and when I go to Lapland it is uh, for example at the winter time, there is scarcely light at all, and when you are there at uh, at uh, summertime, there the lights are on all the time, and then we have northern lights and, and midnight sun and everything else. It it takes a little bit time, and it's mentally uh, uh, challenging uh, if if you are, if you are not used to that kind of thing and you are coming to the new surroundings. But it's also, for, for some of us, uh, quite many Finns, when they are retired, they are going to the Spanish coast to get some sun uh, in the winter time because it is it is, it is thing, uh, thing. And then, of course, uh, we have the big discussion about uh, this uh, changing time in, in Europe, uh, uh, the, the time zones. We are moving our clocks uh, one hour further and one hour reverse and that even that one hour change uh, mixed uh, some people's life the time change for some weeks because uh, the the biological clock and so forth but the immigration as such uh, is uh, is uh, is a necessary necessity uh, also to finland but uh, as a whole in in the european union uh, scale we need some uh, common practices in, in, in order to, to be successful uh, in, in that sphere. If we think what happened 2015, Europe was completely uh, unequipped and now we are better in that sense. And this is going to be a big challenge to understand in Europe that if we don't take care of Africa, of Middle East, of those countries, that there will be peace prevailing and, and, and chances for, for young people and environmental sustainable development, we will see a lot of uh, uh, kind of immigration which is not connected to the better life or it's just that they have to leave because the environmental the, uh, situation is so, so bad. Then uh, about health. Health is very important and especially indigenous people's health. We know a lot of problems. Uh, uh, for example, when I visited Alaska, I heard about stories and, and, and also, also 
uh, alcohol and drugs and so forth. This is important. We haven't forgot that. And, and also the mental, mental health care, it, it goes for all of us because we are living in the growing digital work with the horrible timetables and so forth. That is, that is something which must be taken very seriously, uh, the, the health as well. And, and I'm convinced that we are taking care of, of, of that uh, uh, as well. My handwriting is awful, but uh, <laughs> I, I think uh, it was about Arctic universities. Right. And, uh, and this is really something which we must work, uh, work uh, uh, with, uh, with a very intense way because I, I, I'm sure that uh, if we can have a, a good cooperation network on this, we will have a loads and loads of students who are interested in this issue because this is the issue of the future. And the kind of university networking uh, within the Arctic countries first and then the other, other, other universities uh, 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 which uh, can contribute on this will be very, very important. We have an Arctic university in Rovaniemi and, uh, and uh, actually our daughter uh, has planned to, to go to the Rovaniemi to study and I said, uh, you, you, you can live here just with us. But, but you know how it is. Uh, the, the fathers, they don't want their daughters ever leave. And the, and the mothers, they want their son ever leave. But, uh, but, uh, but, but we cannot avoid that. That was an that was excellent, excellent issue. Uh, and then coast. This, this is an important question because if I have uh, understood it right, uh, there is a a lot, uh, there is a big budget issue whether it is with the Coast Guard or, or the Navy and, uh, and maybe the Coast Guard uh, would be better. I, I don't get instructions but, uh, but since you ask, I think the Coast Guards has more to do with the Arctic ice breaking and so forth and, and security in that sense. And of course we know that uh, America first but but not alone. I read also that uh, latter part. And, and if I'm very rough on this issue, uh, I'm very seldom very rough, but uh, we can produce a world-class icebreaker on 150 million. If, if US would construct its, its own, it, it, it will cost one billion. And, 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 but I know the realities, but we, have, we can cooperate with design, value chains and so technology, forth, yeah. technology, and we can do a bipartisan job. Otherwise, uh, uh, we, we cannot uh, just imagine that you will paint the ship uh, after we have uh, manufactured it. So that, that would be too much. Uh, so, so sorry about that, but, uh, but, uh, but, but, uh, but anyway. Uh, then the Finns party, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I was the founder of the party and, and, and leader of the party for 20 years and I decided to step down voluntarily. And that was the good story thus far. But I didn't know this, what was to come. That af after, uh, after I left, there was a big hustle and uh, tussle and... and, and uh, and luckily we, we went to the two parts and I have to take mine. 
and I, 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 I left the party which I founded myself. But I'm a young man, 55, alive and kicking. You never know. <laughs> there is a lot of speculation about everything. And then, of course, non-aligned uh, non uh, countries. It's, uh, it's also very important that uh, we have a cooperation between the countries who are, for example, NATO members, European Union members, but also who are not connected with the military alliance or the European Union. I think this is, this is important to keep everybody on board. And then Iceland, uh, 2019. I would like to, to be in the situation where we can say that we delivered all the agenda we promised. We have, uh, uh, we have uh, a better cooperation with connectivity, education, healthcare, new Arctic universities. Uh, you have bought uh, one first icebreaker from us. It is, it is sailing in the Bering Strait. Uh, Russia has uh, uh, come to its senses and, uh, and uh, and uh, Minsk agreement will be fulfilled and the lambs and the lions are rolling together in the lanes. So well, about I, I think we have to end on an optimistic <laughs> note every time we end a conversation. <laughs> so thank you for doing that. Minister, we just have to have you back here. Yes, you can absolutely. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Minister, uh, we have to have you back here before you hand that baton over so we can check that scorecard to make sure the <laughs> lambs and the lions are together. Uh, we are so grateful for our wonderful com uh, uh, partnership with the Finnish Embassy, Ambassador Kalpi, and colleagues that made this visit possible. I have never had an, a, a boring conversation with you, Minister. You always Thank keep you. me thinking. Thank you so much for your comments. Thank you. Thank you, colleagues, for braving the elements to be with us, and have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.